I joined for my laptop and couldn't come on stage. And I was like, why is this not working? Um, <laughs> and that was, I guess, pre-mint, right? That was pre-mint. That was pre-mint. Yeah. Oh, man. The steep learning curve. Steep learning curve. And one of them was how to use Twitter properly. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, Dom. Fine. You and me both. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Dom. How you doing, man? Yeah, good. Hey, Chris. Hey, Christine. Good to chat to you guys again. Well, yeah. actually, we'll be in London next week. Yeah. You guys are coming down? Yeah, we'll be in town for NFT London. So we should <laughs> take that offline, but we should get together. Yeah, awesome. 100%. That's a great idea. Cool. Um, well, look, I think uh, we're both here now. Let's. Um, we should kick this off. Um, firstly, you know, like I said, super excited to chat. I think... Um, you know, the floor team and, and, you know, Chris, Christine, you guys are, are, you know, certainly one of our favorite, if not our favorite people in Web3. And, um, you know, I think this, this relationship and this journey really started together at the, you know, pre, pre men, as you were saying, but, you know, the genesis of this whole idea and, and kind of you guys have been insane partners to us, um, throughout this whole time. And it's been amazing to see you guys build and see you go from success to success and the products evolve and, and just to, you know, play witness to this whole um, evolution of the floor ecosystem and brand and, and what now is being to be a, you know, a, a massive platform in the making. So excited to dig into all of that. Um, excited to tell stories, shot, um, swap um, war stories, I guess, and, and have a laugh around, you know, what the last 12 months has entailed and, you know, I guess what's coming up next and, and what to be excited for. And not to forget, I guess, dig into the moment that everyone's been waiting for, which is the Creeps finally getting access to the floor pass, which, uh, floor app, which, um, is, you know, I guess one of the early things that, that we did together as a, as a team and, and I guess what kicked off our partnership. So loads to cover. I know we have an hour or so. So, um, I think we should jump straight into it and, um, get, get into the juicy bit. So, um, first yeah. of all, welcome. And Thanks for your time. No, thank you. And right back at you. Like it's been amazing to watch creeps grow and like, you know, massive success. Right back at you, like it's been amazing to watch creeps grow and like you know massive success um, that you know we got to be a small part of, and then grow into Overlord and becoming like a real powerhouse in uh, Web three consumer brands. So, congrats on the success to you guys. All down to floor. Yeah. <laughs> All I actually, I remember early conversations we used to have, like. Um, and you were explaining like, you know, floor and, you know, the, the problems it's solving and you're talking about like daily active usage or open sea, et cetera, et cetera. Um, like just to say it's come full circle because floor has basically um, dominated a very large percentage of my day every single day. <laughs> I check it for absolutely everything multiple times a day. And exactly what you said back in those conversations has come true. And it's just, um, I just want to like kick off for those of you who haven't used floor, um, it, it truly is a game changer. Um, if you are buying, selling, trading, watching your NFTs, um, it's the killer app. Um, so super excited to finally open it up to everyone. Yeah, we're excited to finally have all creeps. Like it's, we've wanted to do this for a long, long time. And uh, back in the early days, honestly, the biggest reason that we couldn't all the way back was like we literally could not have handled like the creeps community was so much larger than our community that like it would have brought our servers down uh like we just we wouldn't have been able to handle it and you know over the last nine months we've done a lot of work to make sure that we can scale uh, and now 
you know, it's, I think actually organically, a lot of creeps have ended up joining through various programs and Vermeer, uh, who's like a big creep, but also a big uh, floor user. I know like was an ambassador and was sharing uh, floor passes in the creeps community. So I think at this point, uh, actually a very large number of creeps are already floor users, but it's nice to finally, you know, deliver on what I think was our hope from pretty early on, which is uh, get all creeps in. Because honestly, Creeps and Floor, I don't think any two brands have been kind of more intertwined uh, in their journey in Web3 as, as the two of us have been over the last year. Yeah, I totally agree. And, um, you know, I think to, to your point, the, the Creeps community at that time, um, you know, and still to this day have, have you know, been huge advocates of, of the Floor app. And, you know, a lot of the, there's been a lot of crossover from day one. I know, obviously, we, we did a, um, exclusive floor pass mint, which you know really brought over a, a bunch of floor app members really early on, and that obviously returned back into um, a bunch of creeps jumping back in as as everyone started to realize like this was the only place or the best place certainly to like to track all of your um, NFTs in one place and to really get up to with you know what's going on in the market. So you know I think it's been a really natural and really nice product story where you know everyone sort of truly found the the, the value in in the partnership and truly found the value in, in creeps and also in floors side and naturally sort of drifted over. So it feels like a, you know, this moment of like, Hey, we're finally a- announcing a partnership almost feels like it's kind of, you know, happened over the last 12 Just months. an evolution the of, point of like, the partnership that great. already exists. Cause yeah, like we're now putting a bow on it. You guys like really informed what became uh floors kind of general partnership strategy anyway like we were trying to figure out what it looked like to do trust and safety in web3 and bring opportunities to our holder base and then we got introduced if i remember correctly who was it through uh through josh Ong. through josh Ong, yeah that's the one and you know i think you basically kind of had to convince me that this was a good idea at the time uh little did i know like i was you were literally trying to convince me of the best thing that could possibly happen for uh, the community, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Let me see. How do we make sure this is safe? Um, so for us, it was like a big, you know, learning moment for how we work with, uh, you know, in this case, doxed to us, but you know, not doxed to the world um, founders, and obviously was a wild success for the floor community, and I think a big part of our growth at the time because we gained a ton of credibility uh, through bringing. What was it like? I think it was like a pretty fast 100x uh, for everyone who was involved. Not, not bad returns. Oh, sorry, when, Christine. Hey. Hey. I, I, so kind of my view into all of this, I was chatting with Chris um, in December of last year. Um, uh, at the time, I was leading the crypto business at Robinhood. And we were trying to get into Web3. We were trying to kind of expand and, and get more into the NFT space and not doing it particularly successfully. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, I see what you're doing for. Like, come talk to us. Come make a smarter. Come tell us, like, how you're building with the community and what you're seeing out there. And I think this was, like, right before the Creepsment, I think. Because I remember, Chris, you were talking about how a partnership could work and how, like, Web3 communities can be kind of building together. And at the time I was like, yeah, that, that actually sounds amazing. Like how do we adopt that? And then it like took off and became this wildly successful thing. And I think it was right around the time as well that you were convincing me to leave Robinhood and come join you. And the story of these two communities was a huge part of that. And like, how can we replicate that? And how can we 
continue building in that way. Um, so even in my journey in Web3 and at Floor, like Creeps was kind of front and center. And then you got FOMO'd in. Yeah, I did get FOMO'd in. I missed the mint and being in the Floor Discord, I was like, I because I don't hold any, like I, I can't even like participate. I can't, like it's moving so quickly um, that I, I definitely FOMO'd in for sure. <laughs> I mean, you, you touched on some really interesting points here around like, you know, the way um, Web3 companies are thinking about building with the community and, and how that, I guess, differs from, from Web2 and how there's a lot of learnings to be taken here. You know, I, you know, I guess, Chris, um, this is probably a question for you in terms of, you know, early, early days. Was, you know, you came from a web, traditionally Web2 engineering technology background and made that move over to Web3. You know, when, when starting Floor and really thinking about like how do you build this product and how do you, I guess, change the way you build a product based on the, the market and based on the way that, you know, communities are forming around things and how people expect to form around things. Like, were there a set of principles that you you built by or designed that you were like, hey, these are the things that I want to go and build under, or these are the things I want to go and test? Because, you know, you, you kind of say that when we approached you and, and, and posed this idea of, of doing a collaboration, you know, there must have been a set of metrics or a framework you were working under to say, like, actually, this is a really cool idea um, because these are the things that I want to achieve from it. Um, so I don't know if there's, you know, I guess we have a lot of budding builders in the, in the audience and, and in both communities that, like, I'd love to hear from your side as, you know, when build, starting to build creeps, like, whether, uh, starting to build floor, whether a set of principles that you, you were sort of thinking about building under. Yeah, uh, and like I think principles is the right word because I think the metric stuff, like yeah, I, I think we're actually like a really metrics-driven organization, but they all really line up to a couple of principles. And I, I really think the one that was guiding uh, everything that we were doing at the time and really still through to today was number one: it can be simpler than this to get involved in Web three. And you know, how do we be a force for change towards it just being simpler? Uh, to be in Web3, to be successful in Web3. And so everything about the product was built with the idea of like, how do we make this almost simpler than it is? How do we make it seem very much like a portfolio that you can kind of understand and see in one place? And then from a partnership standpoint, how do we make it simple and safe uh, to be part of the game at the time, which was like minting new things without, you know, getting rugged and your wallet hacked. And, you know, for us, that meant going and finding people who were really, really smart um, who were good actors, who we could understand who they were, um, and then you know bring things in a very curated fashion. Creeps was the first time we really lent in and said, yeah, like I think we're a big enough community now and we trust and believe in the Creeps team at the time, now Overlord team, enough that we're like, yeah, let's like say huge chunk allocation, let's like lean in, try and encourage folks if they want a safe opportunity that this is that. But it really all just aligned around on this side, like how do we just make it simpler to be successful in Web3? And then in the meta sense, like how do we give everyone a seat at the table in terms of you know what this thing should be? Um, we were still early on and we were figuring out how we build together in a community. And as you said, I came from like you know, consumer social payments at Venmo, but then eight years of like B2B enterprise SaaS marketing stuff, which is like a very different environment to build products in than building an app in a discord with a couple thousand people who all love it and use it and, you know, want it to be the best version for them. And so I think that was really what was front of mind to me. And I think that was 
really what Christine and I in particular like resonated on. And like she was doing that for crypto spot trading with Doge at Robinhood and like making it simpler than it's ever felt to kind of get your first crypto to crypto coin, cryptocurrency. Uh, and then, you know, I was thinking about that on the NFT side. No, it's super, super interesting. I, you know, um, to your point around like building with communities and, and, you know, I guess what that means. And I remember early on, we, we sort of had these um, backroom conversations around what does a partnership look like? And I, I remember you saying to us, get on the space with our community, come and talk about the product, come and talk about why, why this matters and why, why they should get involved. And if they like it, then we can do it. And it was just this almost like, hey, like we're just a messenger for the community that we're building around here. We're going to make it super simple for them to partake in this. But if they don't like it, this ain't happening. And it was just like a really refreshing you know, principle where actually at all times you put the community be beyond um, your own intentions as a brand. And I think that's a really nice way of thinking about Web3 building, how that differs. Um, and also was terrifying at the time because we thought we'd got a great partnership closed and, and it was one final, one final boss to, to conquer. Um, and then, you know, I, I think with all this stuff, like it's really easy to be retroactive here and say like, yes, I was so community oriented and I was putting up the community barrier. And like the truth is like, I, I think there was a big part of it. It was just like, I wasn't sure if we were doing the right thing or not and wanted kind of a second, <laughs> a, a second check. Um, but like, I think importantly for us, anytime we want a second check, our go-to is, you know, what do the people here who've helped build this from the beginning think about this? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and I, I think it's super important, you know, we, we certainly, you know, lean a lot on our, on our community for, for decision-making or for, you know, sense checking. I think that's the, the beauty of, you know, having such an active um, group of, of, you know, community members who are co-building with you. And I think both communities, both Floor and Creeps have, have really thought about, you know, their community in the same light. You know, I think different brands have different philosophies as to what a community means, whether it's a bunch of investors or consumers or, or whatever that looks like. And I think for us, it's really been like co-creators. It's been about, you know, how do we empower people with the right tools to make the decisions that benefit the brand in the long run? And, you know, whether that's a byproduct of us inheriting a lot of the floor members or you guys inheriting a lot of the creeps. Um, but I think creeps. there's a lot, a lot of similar um, philosophies there. So, and, and Christine, just flipping that background to, to yourself, like, you know, obviously you, you reached out to Chris and, and whilst he was building floor and, and we're really interested in how he was um, building and building with the community. What, what specifically were you at when you were at Robinhood? Were you looking for from a Web3 company and just digging into like, you made that jump. What was it that triggered that? Yeah. So at the time we were building wallet transfers. So Robinhood's original crypto product didn't have the ability for you to move any coins that you purchase off platform. It's kind of fully custodial. Um, you buy, you hold, you sell. There's no utility to the actual assets that you have. Um, and we were leaning into like, okay, we have millions of new users who have come into crypto for the first time in the recent months and year. Um, how do we actually get them deeper into the ecosystem? What's the safe way to do that? The responsible way to do that? Um, and the answer in my mind was like, let's go talk to them. Like, let's ask them what they want to do. What are they trying to accomplish? Like, what scares them in this space? What makes them nervous? Where are they apprehensive? So that we can kind of overcome those barriers alongside of them. Um, but Robinhood is a public company. Um, I joined when the company was about 50 people, so much earlier in the journey. Um, 
But by the time we were doing this, you know, it's a 4,000 person public company, it has shareholders, it has compliance teams and legal teams. And so the idea of just going out on a Discord and saying, this is what we're going to build next, what do you guys think? Like, there's a lot of barriers to that. Um, and kind of having a proof point of how it could be done and how it could be done in a way that was really thoughtful and engaging and like had this amazing return and in the sense of like, okay, you end up building the right product for the right user at the right time. Um, That's really what I I wanted Chris to kind of come in and show because I thought that Floor was doing that exceptionally well. Um, It turns out though, after kind of the first few product conversations that we had, I was sold that I was like, I have to absolutely work with this person no matter what. Um, And so for a while, that was me trying to convince him to kind of come in and join Robinhood and kind of build crypto at Robinhood. Um, But I just don't think that was what he wanted at the time. Um, You know, it's building in a community is very, very different than building at a public company. Um, And so after, I think it was probably a month of conversations, he finally said, like, hey, look, this is not going to happen. Not not now, at least. Um, and we're both in New York. And I was like, look, you, you have helped us a lot. I should at least take you out for a glass of wine. And while we were chatting, I was like, you know, I'm really disappointed we're not going to get to work together. And he reminded me that, hey, there is, in fact, a way that we could still work together um, and pulled the reverse acquisition. So pulled me out um, and we've been building ever since. Um, I think that ultimately, like, what made me look at, you know, the opportunity and say, absolutely, yes, I have to jump on this is really the people like, you know, I was already sold on the space, um, you know, web three NFTs and, and how this will be kind of the revolution in the financial industry. I, I helped build our, the Robinhood securities um, settlement and clearing system. So very deeply understand, you know, when you place a trade, how do you actually own that stock that you purchased? It's wild, like the tech that that runs on, the fact that it takes multiple days, the fact that it all relies on a central authority. Um, Like I was very much red-pilled into crypto and think that NFTs are kind of the next wave of culture and um, finance coming together. But ultimately it was the people, like it's Chris, it's Sid, it's, you know, Corwin and Zach, who I think are on this call, like the team that was behind this and the community that that was building it, I was just... Every single person I met, I was blown away at how thoughtful and engaged and like just how much they cared about what they were doing. Um, and I knew that it was a team I had to build with. I love that. That's amazing. Um, and, and it reminds me of a, a funny story um, that Chris and I still laugh about today. I think when, when I was jumping into to Web3 and was, you know, Dom and I were playing around with a bunch of um, things, whether, you know, trading or, or looking at really where we want to build. Um, I, you know, I was, I was following Chris as one of the, um, uh, accounts on my, on my Twitter and, you know, following his updates on floor. And I actually reached out to Chris and was, and I, you know, I sent a message. I was, I was building in, um, traditional finance at the time, you know, running, running, um, TradFi. TradFi. Yeah. I love that. Products for, um, IPOs. So similar, probably, um, you know, product challenges you were having at, at, uh, Robinhood. And I, my message in Chris's DMs, and Chris still has this, I think, today, which said, hey, love what you're building up floor. You guys seem super interesting. Do you guys need any help? And totally ignored. Um, but, but that, <laughs> totally ignored. And I love that. So every, embarrassing. I know, so every, embarrassing. Everyone For me. While, I, 
Chris and I have had this conversation where I'm like, what would have happened if you had just never answered my DM? Because I, I did the exact same thing. I reached out on Twitter and I was like, hey, I'm at Robin Hood. I, I love what you're doing. Like, you want to chat? Um, and every once in a while, I'm like, how different my life would have been if you just did not reply to that. Um, um, yeah. And now, we, now we pivot this chat away from how bad Chris is at Twitter DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, to your point, you know, I think it's, it's, it's all about people. And, um, you know, Chris, I feel like I'm flattering you here when I say, you know, very inspiring early on to, to, you know, see the, 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 you know, incubation of floor and, and kind of follow that growth and follow the, the kind of thought process behind and, and, um, certainly made me reach out. So, it's, um, it's right back to you and like watching you and Dom build the groups community and, you know, really authentically, I don't think I've ever seen a team give it their all. Uh, in the the two of you did and you know if anything you know maybe we moved even too fast as like you worked so hard to just deliver and deliver and deliver day over day and build more of the game and uh, you know build really fun things for people I actually have a question for you on building in public uh, which is something I've wondered about ourselves and we struggle with sometimes but I, I think it's even harder when you're a PFP project at core because it's such a hype driven market is like, how do you think about building with the team and, kind of, uh, and the community and kind of keeping everyone along for the journey versus like having those moments where there's big surprises and drops and hype and that stuff? Because, you know, the closer you keep people, the harder it is to like surprise and delight at the same time. That is the key question. <laughs> and one, one that we've definitely been on a learning journey, um, trying to figure out the right balance. Um, you know, there's a degree of transparency that's very important. Um, community, when we first launched, we had this idea that community was the product and everything we were building was in service of that. Um, and we could have wrote down a bunch of principles as how we do that. You know, transparency, your hyper-transparency was very important to us. You know, being very accessible, um, whether that's through, I think at one point we were doing three or four community spaces a week, um, you know, answering DMs. I think we personally... Personally. It was insane. We like you guys were doing more <laughs> yeah. communication than anyone I've ever seen. Like if you went to the Discord or Twitter, there was a creep space happening at the time. The whole time, I think we we personally DM'd and chatted with the first two thousand people into our Discord until our mods flagged it and said, "Hey, people are starting to think you're scammers <laughs> because people don't DM in this space." Um, but you know, as you know, I think it's very important to start with those organic seeds and keep that DNA going over the long term. But as you grow and you get bigger and you get bigger and, you know, you're building more ambitious products that can have, you know, it's more of a needle mover to the, you know, the, the brand as a whole and the value the holders have. You need to save up those big moments um, because they are very impactful. Um, you know, if you look at, if you look at Yuga, you know, everyone's got different, um, you know, building philosophies here you know they lean completely into big surprise bang um you know they like their mic drop moments and they're completely silent um and for the rest of the time um you know that's worked really fantastically fantastically for them um you know obviously it brings along other challenges so yeah it's it's hard you've got to you know we we still tread that line um we we actually recently rolled out a a new um sort of campaign as it were We've we set up a Calendly link, and we allow any holders who've got more than twenty five creeps to just book in a call in our calendars and have a one on one Google Meet. Um, and one of the things we really focused on there was 
we need to make sure that everything A is fair. Um, you know, the only the information they get is the information the public gets. Um, and B, that we can't be arm twisted into giving, you know, any hints of big mic drop moments. Um, but it's a it's a very hard line to tread. Um, you know, I think as as founders and builders, as, as you know, you and Christine definitely um, will feel every day and me and Joe definitely do. You know, you feel you feel a genuine um, love for the community that are, are, are growing the brand with you and you feel very in service of them. And it feels very disappointing um, having to say, no, sorry, I can't tell you this. Um, uh, it's a sort of daily source of, of anguish. Um, but yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard line to tread. Um, and we're definitely still trying to learn how to, how to do it. it you're right. It's, it also, also has like this, you know, I think we've used this, the analogy before of like Disneyland, where, you know, in some brands take the analogy to take the um, uh, process of, you know, okay, hey, we have Disneyland here, um, a new section of Disneyland opens up and then we're going to have a big, you know, they have a big moment of like, hey, these new rides are opening up in Disneyland and, you know, you guys can go play in them. You know, we take the, the method, you know, mantra of like, we're going to tell you what you're building in Disneyland and you're going to help us co-build the rides and, you know, we're going to um, test things with you. You're going to, you know, obviously in safe, responsible ways. Um, but you're going to really know what goes on in the new section of the, of the, um, the universe before it launches. And, you know, what happens with that, and, and it, you know, it's good and bad, is the positive side is that you get extreme fandom and extreme advocacy because everyone's built this thing together. You know, whether it's like the way the riots feel or, the, you know, the, the popcorn you're selling or, you know, what, whatever that may be, you've, you've all contributed towards that. And that's a really just like amazing part of, of Web3. The other side is that you see Mickey with his, with his hat off and you're like, oh, shit, Mickey's not just a mouse. <laughs> and there's that almost like realization that, you know, there is there is like real human and real process and, and real frameworks behind some of the magic to make the magic happen. And, you know, we that's kind of the way we built from day one. And it comes, you know, being able to put a blanket of like, how does this scale across every context is almost impossible because it every every context reacts differently, all based on like how people feel about, you know, what you're building or whether people wanted a bit more magic or a bit less of magic. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a, to Dom's point, it's a totally agile thing, but, you know, I think we're really comfortable with the way we build and, and being a part of like bringing the community as a part of that. That's really cool. And I think um, really aligns with one of the things that I think about a lot, which is the world for most people when they think about software is immutable. And the thing that web two really did for the first time was in certain types of uh, social scenarios, it made the web mutable to people. People could like add their own status updates and things like that. But the actual software itself is immutable. Like someone else makes it, you don't decide. And I think that putting things in edit mode, like letting people mutate the universe that they live in, is just like a really powerful thing that Web3 does in general. Like the idea that you can change the direction or the swag that's going to be made or the feature in the app or, you know, with LinksDAO, you know, the course design for the course that's going to exist, like being able to mutate the world around you, I think it's just like a superpower of Web3. Um, but I think the best projects, and I definitely put you guys in that, uh, use really well. Um, and people just feel differently about things that let them control the world around them versus just live inside of the world you're given. Yeah, I, 
Oh, sorry, don't take it. No, yeah, sorry, I was just going to say I, com- I completely agree. Um, you know, being agile and, and allowing things to have its have its own kind of journey and path and, and move is, is super important, not just in community building, but, you know, uh, whether it's software or it's, it's product, you know, um, something we try to tell the, the creeps community over time is, you know, to win this race, to win this game, we have to be agile. We will pivot, you know, bits of product here and there, which we think, you know, either aren't working or additive to the to the ecosystem. Um, and sort of on that journey, I guess, flipping back on that question, you know, Floor, as, as a company, you've been you've been adding features, I've obviously noticed them, and they're fantastic. You know, how have you been balancing that, you know, co development with community versus, you know, internally, um, you know, dodging, ducking, diving, pivoting, you know, testing different features? Yeah, uh, it's it's fun. Um, I think there's yeah, there's this classic product management adage that I I think I disagree with now, which is you are not the customer. And I actually think one of the superpowers of an early stage like product is be the customer, and a lot of stuff gets a lot easier. Um, and so I think that you know starts with actually being like our team uh, is two thirds hired, actually more than two thirds hired directly from that community. Uh, so all three of our engineers, uh, we met them because they were users and they were in the Discord with us and they wanted to help. And today they're full-time on the team. And the same is true across our community and operations team. And that just makes such a big difference to how natural the uh, the communication is between folks that are kind of like, quote unquote, inside and outside um, the company. And it makes that conduit really, really f- fluid. And then we even have people who sit at different like levels of that gradient. So contractors that work with us from the community or people who build in programs uh, for content or for uh, project stand up like the lift. Um, and so we have a very, very natural ongoing uh, conversation with the community. And then we have more structured ways for people to give input as well. Like I think different people uh, do things in different ways, like in-app chat in the app for folks that aren't in the discord, uh, like Christine and Corwin spend half their time talking to customers directly in like real time in-app chat as people either have issues or ideas or whatever else. And yeah, you know, we try and be, yes and kind of uh, and then like oh that's really interesting and like maybe we could do this other thing uh versus using our position of knowing a little bit more uh from being on the inside and turning that into a no but like that's not really gonna work um that said you know at the end of the day prioritization is a thing and you, you can't build everything and i think that you know one of the things that one of the biggest fears i think i have for web3 and i see it when i look at things like DAOs in particular is let's not make decision by committee, but this time on the blockchain, like that's a a really bad way, in my opinion, to build a product. And so you need a clear and coherent vision of what the thing should be to then understand how you can kind of put all of these things together or as many of them as possible to turn it into something that's uh, really cogent and, and addresses that mission and that vision while uh, you know, bringing people along for that journey, just giving people the features that they want today, because uh, those ten thousand people that are in there are the people who are using the product today, so are going to be most successful by listening to them. 
I think one of the other things that's like very different in this space, like in web three versus more traditional web two is the idea of like, oh, you have to keep it a secret because if you talk about it externally before you actually build it, someone else is going to build it and beat you to the punch. And I think that a combination of one, like the whole point of web three and what the, the principles it was founded on is like transparency, openness, decentralization, like people are not as guarded with ideas. So it's much easier to go out and say, here's what we're thinking. Like, would you want A, B or C or none of the above? What would you do differently? And it's not seen as like intelligence or some other competitor is going to try it because great if they try that and they build something useful in the space, it's better for everyone. Everyone wins. Um, we're so early and I know that's such a cliche to say, but we're so early that if like multiple people, multiple companies, multiple projects end up winning, like the whole space wins, you win. Um, and I think that mentality as well makes it so much easier to share things early and share them often versus feeling like you have to have a complete product. You have to kind of beat the market um, when, when you're building. Super important. Um, I think people get scared about putting ideas out um, and shipping stuff before it's ready. You know, I was always taught that if you are comfortable with shipping it, it's too late. <laughs> and, you know, for good or for bad, we, we've, we've often put ourselves in, in situations where we ship things, you know, and, um, you know, we learn from, from real data. And then, we, then we're agile about amending that and, and improving that and, and ending up in a state where we build something that actually people give a shit about as opposed to like, you know, waiting for it to be perfect in a vacuum, deploying it, and then being like, oh, you know, why isn't it, why doesn't it have the uptake that we want? Or, you know, oh, I wish we'd, we'd listen to these people about that. Um, I think one of the challenges that on that point, on one of the challenges we found is, you know, I guess when you're building so intimately with people is how do you um, remain objective? You know, I think there's that, that um, rule that it's always the kind of loud few that, that um, can bias data or bias feedback. And it's, it's remaining objective as to, you know, actually what do people really care about as opposed to what are people saying they care about? And more importantly is like, what does the general user base or community actually care about as opposed to what do, you know, five or 10 people who, who you know, really either love it or, you know, the other side really don't. So there's like some level of objectivity through this whilst building in such an intimate way is, is challenging. So I don't know how you guys have approached that or, you know, I'm assuming it's a totally um, ongoing piece of trying to figure out. Yeah, that's a really great topic. Um, something we love and I do something that I think we get a little bit of an easier go around uh, than maybe uh, projects that are kind of more strictly on chain do because, you know, now that we've got a, a pretty good critical mass of users, we have on token activity, on chain token activity. And yes, some of that stuff matters, but separate from just those token holders and tokens and kind of that blockchain oriented view of the world, it's really hard to tie consistently back to, you know, who cares about what, because it tends to happen infrequently and doesn't really measure attention or engagement or all those other things. Um, you know, for us, every single user is opening an app every day and they're using features and that's all kind of very well tracked. And so we can, we get quite a high granularity view of, you know, what percentage of people that, you know, hold the token actually care about the app and, you know, which features are they using and how many wallets are they adding and all of that kind of stuff. So having that kind of software surface area gives us the ability to use very much more uh, classical measures 
of understanding user engagement and retention and uh, you know which features and all of that good stuff. I think where actually we struggle more, which is probably the overlap with you guys, which is you know who cares and is engaged in the Discord and you know who are they and what are they interested in and how can we best help them and. Like I'm interested actually in how you think about that because you know from a token movement standpoint, like what ninety percent of tokens are in a single wallet and staked and staying there forever. Like how do you look at you know who's who's engaged and who's sticking around and how do you measure that success? Yeah, great, great question. Um, you know, I, th I think token movement is probably not the best index to to. Um, to reference here, you know, I think there's there's obviously so many factors as to why tokens move around. You know, um, macroeconomic is obviously a major one at the moment, and you know, I guess that sort of ignores the the kind of the human element if you if you reduce it down to a single token movement. You know, I think what we've certainly seen is you know having a blended data stack um, and consisting of like at, you know whether it's you know, qualitative, you know, our, our community team write, you know, daily reports as to like community sentiment and figuring out like, how do we improve that? Or like, you know, what things we should be thinking about when, when uh, within the community. So we, we really try and pull like as much call as we can across Twitter, across Discord and across other channels where we, you know, I guess index more on the like human side. Um, then I guess from the quants stuff, you know, we, we do have a more traditional data layer, where it's, whether it's like looking at data across our website, and our, um, our uh, game experiences on the on the creep site. Now, obviously, the big challenge that we probably all have here is data stitching, which is like, hey, there's a lot of people looking at our site. I have no idea who they are, um, and that makes it even more challenging in in, in this uh, world. So, you know, I think um, you know, reducing all of this down to like, how do we actually think about this? You know, Dom and I come from a product background who spent years obsessing over like how to build things and how to build shit that people actually care about. And, you know, I think what we really kind of got to the point of doing is that like using the data and using the, the um, whether it's call or quan to influence, but not to necessarily make the decision. I think it's, you know, it gives us the, the, the guardrails or the, you know, the stabilizers when we're, we're really thinking about how to frame something or contextualize something. But really, a lot of it comes down to intuition and figuring out, okay, you know, if we're in the, the business enough, if we're in the community enough, we, we, we trust our intuition that we have a good enough feeling as to what people want. And, you know, we have a good enough, like, feel on the pulse that we know that, like, this just doesn't feel right or this feels fucking awesome and we should go down that path. And I think that probably comes from a, you know, eight years of experience of building, but and, and certainly years of making uh, mistakes, but like B is like just being in and amongst it. And, you know, that's probably why we spend so much time there. It's why we jump on calls with people the whole time. It's why we ask more questions than people ask us is because actually we really generally care about building something great. And, you know, all of these data points combined aren't going to make the decision. It's all of them, sorry, all of them independently aren't going to make the decision. It's them combined plus the intuition to be like, oh shit, this is probably what we should be doing. And, um, you know, again, like I said, big caveat here is that we get things wrong and we fuck up and it doesn't, intuition isn't always right and the data isn't always right. And, you know, we should have gone one way when we went the other, but. And you're um, also operating in a, in a landscape that's moving every single day. Like in totally. NFTs, by the time you've actually like, I think 
as a group that try to plan carefully and then execute in a way that's, you know, free of like risk and security challenges and stuff like that. By the time you're actually shipping the things that you've thought of, even if you're really fast, might take you what, three, four or five weeks. And the space can actually have changed pretty meaningfully uh, inside of that period of time. Yeah, I mean, what's true today really isn't true tomorrow. And, you know, I think as builders, uh, you've really just got to be attuned to it. And, you know, I don't understand builders who aren't out speaking to people. I don't understand builders who aren't willing to be wrong and willing to make mistakes because, you know, I guess that's how we collectively learn and grow, Um, especially in this environment where, you know, I think, you know, we're all collectively, whether you're building or trading or or whatever that looks like, you know, we're all trying to figure out what this is. And I think ultimately we all want the best for the space. Um, you know, I think net, we, we really do generally care about building. And, and I, we said this early on, actually, and it probably still remains true today, is that like we're, we're, we're in a time of this industry where really we're still all being judged on our input as opposed to our outputs. And, you know, I think what that really means is that like innovation is really championed here and, you know, really, people really care about, you know, how a contract has been amended to, to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, or like how this protocol changes things, or how this metadata is upgraded over time, or, you know, all of these things, which I guess are just new novel ways of, of imagining the technology. And then on the IP side, it's like, oh, shit, they made, you know, animation out of this. And, you know, oh, that this is being used in a game format. Like, these are, these are all the things that I, I guess, you know, on an input level, uh, change the way we think of the space. Now, the key piece here is like, how much of it can you then be judging on your output? And, you know, it's a big maturity piece that we've been doing over time here, which is like, we're also going to, we're going to do a lot on the input level. We're going to really try and innovate and push the space forward that side. But then on an output level is like, actually over time, we're still going to be here and we're still going to build like long-term sustainable value. And in five, 10, 15, 20 years, like we'll have a really, really solid business and, and everyone who's a part of that will also be there with us. So, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a kind of mentality shift towards that. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's smart. I think you had something really interesting there with uh, the kind of inputs piece. And I think Web3 and like many early adoption technologies attracts optimists. Um, and I think everyone's constantly looking for the thing that could be the thing that finally validates the thing that we all secretly know, which is this thing's going to be massive. And so anytime we see something kind of new and innovative, we start kind of confirmation biasing, but also just being optimists and saying, yes, this could be one of those things that's like going to turn into the thing that makes everyone love NFTs and finally see the thing that we see uh, all the time. It is going to be massive, right? We are very early. (laughs) Um, And on on that point, um, I'd love to, you know, we, we've, we haven't got loads of time left, but I'd love to dig into like what's coming up and where we're going and what you guys are excited about and what's coming up with Floor and, and all these fun things that I guess we don't get to hear about day in, day out in the creeps community. Um, so yeah, I mean, Christine, I, I don't know if you want to kick off with what you're most excited about with Floor and, and what you guys are building that um, you can share. And this is a little nudge for Alpha, etc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we we actually um, so we a few months ago stood up a monthly town hall where we kind of 
come together, like focusly think about what we can share with the community and now it's a whole bunch of stuff. And we actually have our, like our October town hall this evening. So lots of alpha coming out then. Um, the thing that I'm most excited about right now is last week we shipped a new feature in our discover tab. So when, when floor was first launched, it was really a portfolio tracker around like the assets that you have in your wallets today. Um, and over time we've, kind of expanded that to help you discover other assets that you might be interested in so that you can actually search and find and watch um, and kind of like explore the ecosystem, even if you don't actually hold those NFTs quite yet. Um, And our Discover tab has been kind of the home for that. Um, And up until recently, it's been a way to really, you know, search for collections that you know exist or find collections that are moving that have a high percentage change day over day um, or have a lot of volume. Um, But last week we shipped a kind of curated content feature that allows us to put together really engaging experiences that are tailored to, you know, what folks want to understand and hear about and see in the NFT space. Um, And so we're just beginning to test with that. And I think that there's so much possibility there from kind of, filtering it so that you're getting updates about projects that you hold directly like in that space. So, you know, if you miss the announcement on discord, it's still an app that you go to every day and you get notifications about it. If it reaches a certain level of like, you know, say you want to get notified for all partnerships, like you can get notified about um, the floor and creeps partnership. If you hold a, a, a creeps, which I think is like something that the space is really missing right now is that communication layer between projects and their holders. Um, so I think that is mine. And I've been spending a lot of time experimenting with that and, and kind of putting odd, weird content out there. Um, Chris, I'd be curious to hear, like, outside of that, what, what you're looking forward to in the near term. Uh, I'll give one that we recently shipped that has definitely changed the way I use Floor. Um, and then I guess like one of the previews from our town hall, which we've already talked about a little bit. Uh, so about a m- three, four weeks ago, I forget exactly when it was, uh, we shipped listings. Uh, so you can see listings for collections um, inside of the collection view in floor. And it's definitely completely changed the way that I use floor. And it's a direction that we really want to lean into to help you browse and discover at the item level, save items, things like that. Um, I think I used to spend probably two thirds of my NFT time still in OpenSea because I'd kind of bounce out of floor and pop to OpenSea. And I think now probably it's flipped and it's two thirds of the time in floor and one third of the time in OpenSea. So that's been a really big one. Um, And then I I won't ruin exactly what it is, but we announced this a month ago and uh, we'll be giving an update and kind of a very near term uh, release timeline for our first notifications. And floor's been passive and you come visit us for a while uh, but there are times where you want us to visit you and let you know when things are happening and it's something we wanted to get right um, and so we haven't shipped it for a while but the first ones uh, will be coming very soon so if you're interested in hearing more about that um, as Christine said come to our town hall this afternoon. I love it I can't wait to um, push notification spam. (laughs) (laughs) There will be no spam that is that is why we've waited so long. Um, amazing. This is super exciting. Um, you know, I think continued um, strength and building and, and, you know, all the innovation you guys put into to Floor will, you know, 
will be shown in 2023 and beyond. So, you know, I know um, this is just the beginning of our journey together and, and obviously a lot of fun stuff to happen going forward. So um, a cool moment for Creeps and a cool moment for, for us as builders where, you know, I guess we can get give everyone access to, to the products that you guys have been building and, and all the fun stuff that's, that's to come. Do you want to know something crazy? I don't think I've ever visited the overlord.xyz homepage and it's so cool. It's wild, right? It's so cool. Uh, okay, actually, I have a question. Uh, what is the origin of the candle emoji? That is a great question. And um, for those of you who um, have been here from early days and those of you who are new, um, the I guess the protagonist in the whole story here of, of the reptile people is our, you know, um, benevolent dictator, the overlord. And, you know, he, she um, has guided us through two, three seasons now of, of invading Earth and building our armies and, you know, doing all these super fun things um, throughout, the, throughout the story and the narrative. And there became a time where, you know, the overlord... Uh, would be needed for certain things and you know obviously benevolent dictators don't just hang around as more mere mortal creeps the whole time and and he would you know go off to his lair and, and do whatever he needs to do and to call the overlord and to um, get him to come down and, and at that point have his sacrifice so you know he would he would sacrifice someone take him to their lair and and at that point you'd actually join him in the um in the other side, which was the, our, our sort of whitelist community at that point, um, you'd have to put a candle. So it, it kind of became a, a sort of um, ritual where, you know, if you wanted to get to the to the whitelist um, place and join us, join the creeps in, in the invasion, you have to um, first and foremost drop a candle, make make enough noise with candles. The overlord would come down and, and pick his sort of um, favorite creep at that point and, and take them with him. And that that sort of you know, moment actually was born with the community. Um, I have no idea how it started. Dom, I don't know if you, if you were there for the first candle, but it, it's almost become a kind of bat signal. And, you know, I think I probably have dropped more candles than I've written any other emoji on, or any other letter on Twitter or on Discord. So um, whatever it's done, it's infectious. Dom, do we have you there? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's really fun. Like, uh, something similar to what you said earlier on, Chris, in this conversation, which is, you know, when we first started building, you know, we realized that N NFTs in a form are entertainment. And therefore, we were competing not just against other NFT brands. We were competing against Netflix and your PlayStation. Um, and so it really needs to it really needs to entertain you and, and draw you into the community and make you active within it. Um, you know, one of the principles that we, we lent into was... Um, you know, I guess, I guess, um, you know, yes, anding um, certain things that happen. Um, you know, we used, to, uh, well, not we. I, I used to go to these these great th live theaters. I know Joe's been to one too, where you walk through rooms and the actors kind of respond to you and change what they're doing based on how you're reacting with it. And we thought that was a really fun way to build a community um, and build out the entertainment that is a, a Discord or a Twitter um, or a brand um and um a candle's one of those i think someone just randomly decided that the overlord should <laughs> sacrifice people um and we just thought we thought wow that's great let's yes and that um and then people started 
calling out for the overall to come. Someone just put in a, a candle emoji with a, okay, that's great. Let's run with the candle emoji. Um, and then it's just turned into this, this, this um, sort of hallmark feature of, of Overlord. That's so cool. I love, I love the yes and. More yes ending. It's, it can honestly be a surprisingly hard instinct to get people out of and to get out of yourself, which is you know, being defensive and protective of your work. Um, and remember that really we're all just playing on a shared canvas. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and, you know, I think building in Web3, it's so important to understand that, you know, the team um, aren't the painters here necessarily. Um, you know, we, we guide the brush, um, but it's the community that are painting the product over time. And, um, you know, without yes ending, um, you will fail to, to build something that, that lives and breathes with, with, the, with the holders of it. I love it. This is awesome. And, um, you know, we've got, what, 10 minutes or so left. Do we want to dig into the, um, to the partnership? And, and, you know, I know we've talked about this quite a lot, but, you know, what, what the um, creeps who are, who are, you know, now getting access to the floor app, what, what they get with that, what they expect to see, you know, any other details, anything coming up that they should be aware of after joining with you guys. Um, so, yeah, what, what, um, what do we want to dig up on that front? Uh, Christine or Zach, you guys want to jump in on this one? Yeah, I don't think Zach is on stage, but the TLDR is that over the next few days, um, everyone uh, in the Creeps community uh, can register through Premint to um, access a, a Mint for an app invite. Um, the reason you do this is so that, you know, you can be web free safe. Um, if you have a whole bunch of creeps in your wallet that you don't want to connect to a minting site, you can use a hot wallet. Um, we definitely encourage you to do that. Um, and then once you mint, uh, we're still in beta. Uh, so we're not quite on the app store or the play store yet. Um, so you have to go through test flight and kind of a Google play process to actually get the app. Um, but if you have any issues along the way, um, we actually have live support chat um, on the minting site. So you can shoot us a note and we'll get you sorted. Um, but once you get in, not only do you have access to the app um, and everything that we have there, um, you can kind of join our community as well. Um, Corwin is somewhere on this call. He's our community lead. Um, and it's really just a, a really special corner of the internet, at least in my opinion. Um, but if you're not looking for another Discord, uh, we do have an app chat for questions or ideas. I think one of the things as we've kind of had these partnerships that we're most excited about is getting new eyes engaged and, and looking at the app and saying like, how do we make this the best possible app for you in NFTs and in Web3 generally? Um, like what's useful, what's not useful? Like we want to hear that. We don't want this to just be something that you have on your phone and hey, there's this one missing feature. And so it kind of goes into a corner in a folder somewhere. Um, we want to hear how you use it, why you use it, why you don't use it. Um, and so really looking um, forward to, to chatting with everyone on this call about that. Um, I do have, I got, I, I checked with Zach to see if I could get a little bit of uh, permission to drop some alpha. But over the next few days, we will be announcing a giveaway. Um, I'm going to hold the surprise on what that giveaway is. But um, 
It is uh, creeps themed. Um, so anyone who mints and activates will register for um, a raffle for this giveaway. Um, more to come. Uh, so stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter. Um, and you'll be automatically registered just by minting and kind of getting into the app. Amazing. And um, to, to your point about being honest and transparent about giving feedback, I, I don't think we have that worry with the, with the groups community. Um, <laughs> a, I know they're going to love it, but, um, you know, being, being um, privileged enough to build with them for the last 10 months or so, you know, the contribution and, and just like general smart um, of, of the whole creeps community is, is amazing. So um, hoping there'll be an amazing addition to, to floor and, and, um, the giveaway sounds fun. I actually don't know what that is, so I'm excited for that um, to come. Cool. Um, I think we're coming up to the end of time. I don't know if we have any final pieces to touch on. Um, any final words, Dom, Chris? No, just a big thank you for all of your support and partnership over the last coming on year now. I think it's probably, actually we should look at the date uh, that we actually had our first chat. It's probably right around a year ago now. Um, and I hope we get to do a ton of stuff together in the future. Um, I think as we think about both of our respective roadmaps, uh, finding ways to work together on more of it is uh, what I hope we can do. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, to your point, we're early. There's you know, we've done a lot of cool stuff. You know, we certainly have really, really ambitious roadmaps on both sides. And, you know, I think having having people who care about, you know, building interesting products that change the perception of, of the technology, the space, the IP, and how, you know, companies and communities can be built, to, you know, symbiotically is really important. So, you know, I know this is just the start. And I know that, you know, collectively we're, we're going to do some really really interesting things over the next 12 24 months and and hopefully together and hopefully um we can do some you know groundbreaking partnerships that will lead to whole new um you know ideas and, and verticals in the future so more to come i'm sure and uh, and chris and christine thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us um you know, Chris, you were definitely one of our main shepherds into this space. So always very grateful for the conversations we had and the help you gave. Um, looking forward to catching up with both of you in NFT London. That'll be fun. Um, and for the rest of you creeps, um, you know, I can't reiterate this enough. Floor is by far the best app slash product I have used in Web3 to date in your NFT journey. Um, you'd be totally bonkers not to use it. Um, Try it out, test it out. It is game changing. Um, I'm really excited that you'll get access to it. Awesome. Well, look, thanks all for coming. Um, appreciate the time and um, can't wait for this partnership. Let's do it. Happy Wednesday. See you all soon. Happy Wednesday. See you later. See you later. Bye.